Jennifer at No Label Brewery, and you're listening to Drink of Ages Radio Show with John Denman. Come out to No Label seven days a week and join us for some badass beers on tap. Don't forget to visit our website at nolabelbrew.com for all events happening at our brewery. Hope to see you soon. All right, on this week's episode of Drink of Ages Radio Show here on ESPN 97.5, we're going to be talking ciders with City Orchard Cider Company about to be opened up here in Houston. And then we're going to talk about the importance of clean draft lines and pretty much just what makes beer taste good with quality draught. So everybody stay tuned, get a beer. Better get a six-pack for this one, Muskratch. And uh, this is Drink of Ages Radio Show. I can think of only one thing that could lift my spirits right now. Beer. 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 This is Drink of Ages on ESPN 97.5. The only show dedicated to craft beer, spirits, and music. Here's your host and luminary, luminary. John Denman. John Denman. All right, this is Drink of Ages radio show. I'm John Denman, DJ Muskratch. This is my producer, and we are here at Drink of Ages Pub, 1005 Wall Drive, hanging out, drinking some ciders. Drinking some tasty ciders by, uh, man, some people that's soon to open up in Houston. I know that you guys can't wait for it, but from City Orchard, we have, uh, this is where it gets interesting, Patrick Kwiatkowski. Yes. And Matt Smith. I thought I was going to have a hard time with Matt Smith, but I got it right. <laughs> so, Thank you. No, and then uh, from Quality, quality Drop, I know, man, it's like the ciders are already starting to draft. <laughs> That's not how you say that. That's not how it's spelled. Draught. Draught. Draft. Quality Draft. <laughs> Is that better? Yeah. <laughs> we have Mark Nichols and James McDonald hanging out. Ew. So, what's up, guys? How's everybody doing tonight? Great. Uh, yeah, doing well. Excellent. Thank you. Well, it's been a good little start of the show already. Uh, the cherry cider. That's what uh, I don't know what number I'm on right now, but I think it's only going to make the show get better and better as we progress. Yes. <laughs> agreed. Agreed. So well, you I mean, got. I'm getting better. Better looking. Oh, shucks. And, uh, City Orchard, uh, you guys, you guys are opening up pretty soon. What what what's it looking like for you guys right now? Uh, well, we we've had several opening dates that we've missed, and people tell me it's part of the uh, it's a normal stage, no, normal part of the game. But uh, I think we're going to be opening um, just after the new year. Um, we've had a, we're almost full with our build out, but problem with building out a space like ours is once you're built out, now you got to make product and cider takes four to five weeks. So we're actually making cider right now and, uh, we can't wait to open. Well, I stopped by last week and you guys, the location is over off of Oliver street and that's kind of in between Sudamont and Taylor, uh, Uncle Buddy's car lot used to be right there, right across from the cemetery. And 
So you guys are on one end of the building, and really, it's a really nice space. Big space, big outdoor area. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yeah, we're excited to be in that part of town. Um, when when Matt and I um, first decided to do this, we were thinking, you know, do we have a winery outside the town, outside of town, cidery outside of town? But Matt insisted on uh, <laughs> going into the belly of the beast inside the loop. So we we found this kind of quasi-industrial yet upcoming retail gentr- gentrified area, Sawyer Yards. I think it's a great fit. Yeah, I, I totally agree. Um, we went back and forth, but we we love this. This you know our philosophy now is just not really cut corners let's let's find a space that's that's really close to town um, where people may be more open to um, you know trying some new things and um, it's really working out well we love our space yeah this is a really good looking tap room as well thank you so you're gonna be able to hold a lot of people in there we hope so that's that's the plan uh, anyway yeah well cool thing about the whole strip center thing that, that you guys are in you have City Orchard anchored on one side, and then you have Urban South anchored on the other, and then in the middle you have axe throwing. Yeah, so it's, it's a just perfect combination. It is a fantastic combination. What we hope is that people come drink and then throw axes, and then come back and drink. And come back and drink some more, and, and then, then then realize that you're probably better at throwing axes now than what you, than were, than before. you were before. Yeah, yeah, it's like darts. I would, yeah, well, axe throwing and darts are thing. similar in ways. Cider is kind of a medieval drink, and it goes well with axes. So we're, we're happy about that. I, I worked at 1200 Oliver, which is just across the street. It's a whole other company now, but uh, I worked there for 15 years until we were bought out. And I was telling my, texting my buddies after I left your guest place, and I was like, man, if this was here when we were at our office, I don't think we would have ever came back from lunch. Yeah. <laughs> it would have so, been great. So you, so you heard the trains. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You guys are sandwiched in between two train tracks. And there were times that, yeah, you were stuck at work because the trains like to stop. But, hey, it's well, good for we, business, though. We have this big deck and this big like, garden, and uh, it's right by the train. So we're, you know, it's a train spotting place <laughs> not that we're trying to attract train spotters but you know <laughs> i mean it's 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 a place to spot trains uh, and drink ciders they drink <laughs> right train spotters they do something yeah uh, <laughs> we, we we also have this um this wonderful uh, metals recycling uh, plant yes. nearby. Uh, which, uh, um, if you're listening, don't drive down Center Street in between Studemont and Oliver, because you will end up with something in your tire. Oh, everybody! Everybody that we, everybody at my office, always had something in their tire. Yeah, well, it's the only way to get to our space now because there's so much construction. Yes, yeah, that's what yeah. because they had Oliver shut down at the train tracks, digging a hole or something. I don't well, know what they were doing. It looks like they're redoing the the sewer line, and it's. And it's about 30 feet deep there, so I think it's going to take them a little extra time. But I was first very wary of the, you know, being close to this uh, metal facility. But I, I now find it kind of soothing to watch these very large, like, 
excavators like picking up and moving all these like mm-hmm. huge um, batches of metal. Well, it's a very Houston, you know, location. You have a nice brewery and a nice cidery. And a scrap metal place yeah. next door. <laughs> Just Why not? Right there. Right. Just so when you're sitting out there, yeah, watch the cranes move and the magnets. Yeah. Trains, scrap metal, and fine wine. <laughs> well, even okay. on the other Sounds side, lovely. on the, let's see, the Taylor side, back in the day, there was where they would crush all the cars. So that was on the other side of my office's parking lot. Oh, that makes sense. And so you would sit there and just watch them grab with the magnets the car, put it in the crusher, turn it into this little bitty box, and go, man, how many bodies did well, they yeah. get rid of this well, year? And they explode, the cars explode, and if, on a good day you can smell the bread baking at Sunbeam. Yes, you can. And the metal and scrap the- metal. <laughs> it's-, it's-, it's special. Nothing like fresh scrap metal in the morning? <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> yes, exactly. That actually is a, it's a good stop that I, w- I would recommend on the way to, the, to, to your place is to stop by the Sunbeam because you can get like six pack of chocolate covered donuts for like 10 for a dollar. <laughs> oh, it's, it's, it's like a resale shop for bread. And, yeah, yeah I mean, it's, it's, it's a good pairing. Good solid pairing. City Orchard, uh, who we're talking with, and then our buddies over at Quality Drive. Hi, guys. Still here. <laughs> who were at City Orchard all day today, by the way. Putting in the tap lines. That's exactly Getting right. all that set up. Yep, that's right. It's a very important part of, uh, of the process because, yeah, yeah, you can put the stuff in kegs, but to get into the glass properly, it takes a little bit of science. Now, that's what these guys, that's what they do. Uh, we ripped out all the beer lines. Mark and I ripped out all the beer lines and replaced them because they weren't done correctly. James was quick to point out what the problem was when he came here. <laughs> <laughs> the previous owners of this spot had a different idea of how beer needed to be poured. and It was a very outside-the-box approach to how to run a draft system. <laughs> joke, very, joke it very outside. And let it run. <laughs> so, with you guys at City Orchard, right now you have two ciders. We have them on tap here at Drink of Ages Pub. So if you want to come by and try some, come stop by and, and get a couple pints, take some crawlers to go. But... Cherry cider and then the dry cider. Yep. Yeah, is what uh, you guys are going to start off with, right? Well, those are the first two probably um, more mainstream ciders that we've decided to start with. Um, we have plans for a lot more, but we think that those two are, um, I think, will appeal to a broad spectrum of people uh, for sure. They're both. You know, sort of in the category of what I would call a, a modern cider. Um, um, yeah, when you know the cider is not as well known in the South as it is up in the North. So, you know, we have a challenge and to not only educate people but um, you know come out with some ciders that are. You know, I, 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 entry level is the wrong word, but we want easy drinking ciders. So we have a dry cider, which is made. Uh, Matt can talk about the apples. He's he's actually the the orchardist in our on our team. Uh, Matt uh, Matt's family owns orchards in Upper State New York, 
which is the primary source of all of our fruit. Um, but we have uh, the Silver Tip, which is a easy drinking, semi-dry cider, Cherry Red, which is a fruit-infused cider. And we also have these little glasses in front of us, which uh, is a very special cider that I think Matt can talk about right now. Yeah, sure. Well, first I'm going to... I'm going to have a little sip of it first. Yeah, let's cheers, everybody. Yeah. Cheers. Cheers, cheers. This is coming out of a 750 ml bottle. Well, I guess before I talk about this specific cider, I just, yeah, I do want to point out one thing that I think, you know, makes us a little different from a lot of the ciders that, that people are exposed to here in Houston. Um, you know, one of our... You know, philosophies, I think, is that, um, you know, of all the variables that go into making a quality cider, you know, we believe that the, the most, like by far the most important um, variable is the quality of the ingredient. And in this case, it's the apple juice itself and the apples that it comes from. So we have a very unique situation where I did happen to grow up on an apple farm a, a you know a decent size 400 acre apple um, operation in western central western new york and my um, yeah. my family operates and so you know the intent is for most of this of the of the fruit that goes into these ciders to come from that farm and, um, and plus some surrounding farms so um, we really want to um, not you know adulterate the ciders that we make so a lot of you know a lot of our, you know our ciders are going to be made from from apples that we press and we control the process and what goes into this this product now um, silver tip which you know we talked about before is um, you know it's a it's made from uh, four different apples it sort of features a northern spy and an Ida red which are really um, they have a long history of being grown in New York State, um, and it makes a wonderful cider that's easy drinking and refreshing. Now, the cider that we just tasted, King Blossom, is special because, um, you know... As we open up another yeah, bottle. As, as we open up another bottle. You know what? Uh, actually, we're tasting and moving on to the second bottle immediately. <laughs> yeah, let's take a break and refill our glasses with the second bottle. When we get back, we'll talk about this cider. Okay. All right, this is Drink of Ages. Be right back.
If you're thinking about opening up a bar, a brewery, or if you have either one, you need to contact my friend Brian Kircher over at Draftsmiths of Texas. He takes care of all the beer lines at Drink of Ages, which makes it, you know, when breweries come in, they, they try their beer on tap. It tastes as good as it does the brewery. He can install your system, maintain it, glycol, do the whole thing. Give him a call at 713-647-1100 or just look him up online, dstexas.com. And man, let him take care of your beer lines. Are you thinking of buying, selling, or renting a house? Let my good friend Amber Sear with Stanfield Properties help with all your real estate needs. She is your real estate connection. Amber is a second-generation real estate agent and holds herself to the highest ethical standards. She is a member of the National Association of Realtors, Texas Association of Realtors, and Houston Association of Realtors. Work with a knowledgeable native Houstonian who I know well and I trust. Whether buying, selling, or renting, contact Amber Sear from Sandfield Properties. Her email address is amberseer.realtor at gmail.com. That's ambercyr.realtor at gmail.com. Or call her at 832-715-5455. Again, that's 832-715-5455. All right, we are back. This is Drink of Ages Radio. This <laughs> is Drink of Ages Radio Show uh, here on ESPN. John Denman, DJ Mushrash, the producer. We're hanging out with City Orchard. Patrick and Matt is here. And then from Quality Drive, Mark and James What's hanging up? out. Yo. Drinking cider. So uh, before we went to break, we cracked open a bottle, drank one, and we cracked open another bottle. So tell us about that cider, man. <laughs> so uh, this cider is called King Blossom. And what makes this cider special and um, and unique is that it, it features some um, European varieties of apples that um, have been grown for a long time in the in the UK to make cider but are very rare to find in the US um, with the onset of prohibition in the United States most of the uh, orchards that grew apples specifically for cider were ripped out and um, the U.S. has been struggling to find a way to make great cider from the apples that we have available to us today, you know, honey crisp and golden delicious and all sorts of things. And the American cider makers have done a wonderful job of making good cider from um, what's available in the U.S., but this cider um, uses um, these, these awesome uh, apples. Um, that are varieties that, that are really grown just for cider. So they, I don't know if, I'm sure you noticed, they have much more structure to them. You can, you can get the, the mouthfeel and the, the tannins. Um, they just provide such a better backbone um, for a cider than what I think most people are used to having in, the, in this, in this country, like, and especially Texas. Yeah, I've had a lot of different ciders, from Italian ciders to English ciders and different things. You know, the American side is usually a lot sweeter because you know, Americans need our diabetes, man. We need, yeah. we need that sweetness. <laughs> yeah, I think that's changing. Um, 
But, but you know, there's a there's a big push for totally dry ciders. Cider, the the when the ciders ferment to dry, unlike beer, there's all the sugars in uh, in apple juice are totally fermentable. So when we're done fermenting, it's dry, 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 and a, a lot of times it removes some of the characteristics of the apple. So back sweetening is not just to add sugar, but it's really to to bring out the balance of of the wine. It, this is a wine, you know, it's apple wine. Uh, the, the beauty of these, uh, the King Blossom apples, is they have more complexity. There's tannins, uh, and so, you know, you don't need to add so much sugar. But adding sugar is not a, it's not a sin in cider making. You don't need to add too much. You add just enough to, to round out the balance. And that's what we've done with Silvertip and, and the cherry red that you're drinking as well. This, uh, yeah, this one is really good. Just so far, I mean, this out of the three of them. It's like maybe a, that's it's why like you a put champagne. them in a nice yeah, 750 yeah. milliliter bottle. We, 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 yes, yeah, we, this is certainly a, a product that is a premium product that you can get a bottle at dinner um, of this cider, but we also are putting some of this in kegs and we'll have that available as yes. well. It's going to have to be a different uh, price point for sure. It's, it's like I said, the, the apples in here are, are hard to get in the U.S. Um, we've we've planted them this is this is the this is the first product made from the first uh, harvest of this uh, fruit from last year uh, we have a pretty decent harvest this season too that mm. so we expect to be able to make um, commercial quantities of this but not you know not a lot <laughs> well, we're excited to bring you know this is made in Texas uh, all these ciders will be made here but the juice does come from Apple growing regions. Um, so how, how does that work? I mean, is it is it pressed <coughs> up in New York? So I know there's, the, and then the juice is sent down. Yeah. So yeah. So that's so our our you know we grow it in New York, um, and we have it pressed by a, a you know a fairly well known uh, cider maker in uh, the town of Williamson, New York, called Embark Craft Cider, and we've been working with them they have a, a you know very nice sized press that they're able to do uh, the quantity that we need and but they're also small enough that we can control sort of what gets pressed and we can you know yeah, uniquely I mean, we, we can deliver the apples that we specifically need and have them pressed and the way we want rather than you know there's lots of people selling commercial quantities of, of basic you know generic Apple juice. Oh, but, that's in that's but, in uh, whiskeys and everything. Is, uh, right. Yeah. Right. So we we like to you know we take the apples that we select to them. They press and then yeah then we ship the juice here uh, to produce. Yeah, because <clears throat> yeah, of course apples don't really grow that well in Texas. I mean, what 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 is there any type of? I, there are. I, I, I understand that all 50 states grow apples, but Texas is not. That's not the primary crop. Whereas, whereas Matt grew up in Wayne County, New York. It's one of the major apple-producing counties in the U.S. Mm. And we feel, and Matt can back, maybe hopefully back me up, that 
Apples grown east of the Mississippi <clears throat> make the best cider. Well, that's absolutely. I mean, I mean, I, I don't know why there's any question of that. Well, I, I will, I will, I will say this on that note. Um, it is interesting. So, Washington State by far grows more apples than any other state in the country. Like by by a, you know several magnitudes or not magnitudes but multiples. Um, New York State is the second largest apple producing. But what differentiates the Northwest from New York is that because of the climatology. The acidity levels are are generally different between the two areas of the country, and and you know most of what's grown in uh, Washington is the is the grocery store varieties of you know, honey crisp uh, and yeah, I've picked a lot of apples driving through Washington. Just yeah, get out, yeah, pick I them, mean, and eat them. Um, the 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 processing apple industry, which desires higher acidity apples is all based in New York City. All the infrastructure, you know, Mott's applesauce and all that um, type of industry is in New York, New York State, which of course doesn't mean much to Sidemeyer, except that it tells you that the, the acidity available in the apples is, is much higher. And, and because of that industry, we have apples grown in New York that aren't grown in Washington, like apples that are in Silvertip, which are Northern Spy and Ida Red and Baldwin, which is another um, old school apple. Some of these old apples are, are are being made into wonderful cider that you can't get from a Honeycrisp. Like a Honeycrisp does not make great cider on its own. We have some ideas about how to make a great product from Honeycrisp, but that'll stay tuned. Yeah, stay, stay tuned. tuned. Stay tuned for that one. Um, first things uh, first. Yeah, exactly. Right. Sell some pints at the tap room. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. I'm sure, uh, like working out this plan, coming up with the ideas and everything. I mean, you have probably 50 different ciders that you're planning on making at some point. But it's like, yeah. ah, all right, we got to narrow down to these ciders. Let's get this going. Let's get this stuff open. Let's get this business rolling. Yeah. Well, what one of our plans is, you know, we are making cider in Houston, but we also are making cider in New York, small batch, uh, and we call it our research and development station. And so, because it's on Matt's orchard, and we can, we can play. We can do things yeah. that, what what normal, typical cider makers do, who are based in uh, in the Northeast or the Northwest, they're right next to the orchard. So we have that capability, and yeah. so we'll always be making some some ciders up in New York. Uh, and when we strike something that uh, when we find something that we like that's going to work well in Texas, then we'll ship a bunch of juice down. Yeah. And make large quantities here. So we'll be balancing between our research station and 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 the Houston station. Yeah. Well, ciders ciders are one of those like I said. I mean, up north, just really popular. All through Europe, you know, just go to any pub you drink ciders yeah. and all this other stuff. But but down south here, there's just not. Yeah, it's just not like the women drink cider, some guys drink cider, and it's like no, all the rugby players in Australia they all sit around and just pound a bunch of ciders. <laughs> so yeah, but it's it's the perfect drink for uh, the Houston summer, right? I it's absolutely crazy. agree it's with that. Yes, yeah, and as you see, even in beer, where the trends are flowing to much lighter, more sessionable, easier drinking yeah. beers, that's what. That's what people are looking for. That, I mean, uh, something light, crisp, and refreshing when it's a million degrees outside. Yeah, that does. Drink that some of pretty that, good right? To me. Right. Yeah, yeah. And, and, and it works. And it I works. like things sessionable too. Uh, Silvertip 
sort of drink sessionable sometimes, but you got to be a little careful because the 6.9% ABV will sneak yeah, up I mean, on it. It all depends on what kind of, how long the session is. I but see yeah. no qualms in this. Well, okay. and that's interesting to note. Like a really, the good apple apples for cider, their sugar content, when pressed, will normally yield a cider of around 7% ABV. If you see ciders at 5%, it's a kind of a dead giveaway that they're not they're based on real water. real juice or they're concentrate based. There could and, be water involved. And there could be water down. I'm not. <clears throat> oh, uh, could be. Yeah. <laughs> no, we're not. But we. Well, we, there, there's we're, a way we're, to get, get it to that ABV. That's right. But we're toying yeah. with other products that yeah. may, may have a lower ABV, which may fit a different category, but uh, stay tuned. <laughs> I think I think uh, a higher ABV wouldn't be too bad either. Oh, no. Well, well, King Blossom comes in at around eight mm-hmm. percent. Uh, I think we'll have a product relatively soon that could be pushing nine or yeah, more like a white wine. So, yeah. I mean, some of these ciders drink like a wine, and we like that. I mean, like you said, it fundamentally is a wine. You know, it's fermented well, fruit juice. That is wine. Definitely I wine. mean, we are. Uh, the TABC considers mm. us a winery. I mean, yeah. Yeah. Um, no, that's certainly in the cider world, people have these discussions about whether cider is a beer or a wine or where it falls in the spectrum. And, our, and like, we want to appeal to, to beer drinkers and wine drinkers. And I don't, I don't, I don't like, I, I like having the comparison because it helps people understand a little bit. But at the same time, I, don't want to pigeonhole cider to anything like cider is its own category that's right it's just it's just so it's so the spectrum is so large as to what the specific product can be that it's confusing to the consumer um for us we have no boundaries so we will make ciders that you know are more beer like on the palate and some ciders are more wine like on the palate and then it just sort of, I guess, becomes marketing. I, well, it, it, it definitely right needs now. to be its own category. It doesn't taste like beer, and it doesn't taste like wine. I mean, it tastes like cider. Right. Yeah. So, it's yeah. a cider, and but there's ciders that are on in a 750 milliliter bottle that are um, traditionally made in the traditional Champenois method, um, bottle popping, you know, celebratory. You know, aged for you know more of a champagne, time. champagne. Yeah, absolutely. And then there's sure. just drinking ciders that you know that are modern yeah. and, and we easy like we and like simple. all of them. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> we like all of I'm them. I'm learning. I do so too. Summer ones, and then there's more fall winter ciders that I think King Blossom I would put in that category that are just much more interesting, more more um, get better with food. Mm-hmm. With the, you know, I would King Blossom on a on a you know a Thanksgiving dinner table. I think Which would pair is in just two days. Yes, would yeah, be amazing. No um, yeah, the the, the uh, it's a United good idea. States Association of Cider Makers, there our industry group, is really pushing cider on Thanksgiving, which yeah. makes a lot of sense. It's uh, fall harvest goes well with turkey. I mean, a light protein with something with a nice crisp acidity to it. Yeah, so yeah. We'll I mean, be that drinking, would work out well. Uh, we'll be drinking a lot of cider on Thursday <laughs> with our turkey. Absolutely. <laughs> it's going to 
We all will. And I'm going to share that. Let's take a break so I can get me some more cider to drink for the show. Uh, since Drink of Ages, we're hanging out with City Orchard and Quality, quality Draft. <laughs> Nothing to do with that 8%. Since Drink of Ages, here on ESPN. Be right back. juicy burger over the wall there is a kingdom called humble texas there is the best burger joint burger i am humble spanish beef with grilled jalapeno and fried egg or crispy chicken with buffalo sauce and bacon even veggie burgers beer wine and for the ladies 14 percent margaritas and jello shots taste the difference today at 20845 highway 59 north the best burgers are at Burger I Am Humble. You can even check them out online at www.burgeriamhumble.com. Burger I Am Humble. The best burgers in Humble, Texas. Hello, Houston. This is Jared Montgomery, brewmaster at Megaton Brewery. If you have not heard of us, we're a new brewery in Kingwood. Come check out our air-conditioned tap room. Enjoy our free play arcade games, air hockey, pool table, outdoor patio games, and of course food trucks all weekend. Try our tasty brews or grab a pint of our favorite beers made by our friends across the great state of Texas. Megaton serves wine as well. Our tap room is open Friday and Saturday and beginning September 8th, we are open noon to 6 for football season. Find us on Facebook for hours, events, and special beer releases. Thanks so much. This is Drink of Ages Radio, and uh, we are here at Drink of Ages Pub. So if you're in the area, stop by and come have some pints with us. Go have some uh, City Orchard. And I think we're the only ones right now on tap. Getting, we're one of the very first. You are the first. Sweet. The way, the way nature it. intended. This is, this is the maiden voyages. Nobody's going to call me out. So. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> yes, City you Orchard. Are, you are among the first. Uh, and we thank you. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I thank you guys because you guys are making some really good ciders. And quality draft is here as well. Mark Nichols, James McDonald hanging out, drinking ciders, not really saying a whole lot. but Yet. Yet. I know. <laughs> On our it's, turn. It's coming. I know. Coming. Well, the, the story that they wanted to tell, uh, we'll, we'll save that one for later. <laughs> Just... <laughs> We'll see how, how this the rest of this segment goes <laughs> first. <laughs> but this cherry, 
is is very very easy drinking, and it's not super sweet. It's not. Um, you get a lot of a lot of times when cherries added to things, uh, you, you get a medicinal kind of flavor. Yeah, you know, like almost uh, you're adding cherry to medicine to make it taste better. Agreed, but I mean, this doesn't come across medicinal in any way. I mean, this not at all. It, it's fruity and it's strong and it's bold and it has this kind of like nice depth to it. But at the same point, it's not anything like, you know. When you say medicinal, that almost screams like uh, cherry syrup, cherry concentrate, cherry essence. The, you know, the amaretti version thereof. Exactly. Like, yeah. What a cherry really is is much better expressed by the actual fruit than the candy version thereof. Now well, this, there. So this is. There is cherry concentrate in this. Yeah. Um, but we made a conscious decision to do it. So uh, not a, about maybe 50 miles from Matt's mm-hmm. orchard is another orchard uh, that is a cherry orchard on the shores of Lake Ontario. So they make a wonderful cherry, either frozen cherries, cherry concentrate, or cherry juice. Are y'all but accepting visitors at the orchard anytime soon? That sounds probably, lovely. Yeah, yeah. I think we need to take a trip up there. Yeah, and yeah. Yeah, ideally in like August when it's great to leave here. Uh, we accept visitors when it's time to pick apples. <laughs> right, 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 right. <laughs> Am I about to whitewash a fence? Is this what it sounds like? <laughs> yeah. We, yeah. We, we, but back to the cherry. Um, so we earlier talked about back sweetening. And so... You know, we can back sweeten completely dry cider, which, as, as we mentioned earlier, is not necessarily the best state of the cider. You need, when when cider goes completely dry, it loses some of its complexity. You you don't taste the apple. You don't taste some of the, the fruit. Well, yeah. I mean, most people know fruit to have sweetness to it. If you exactly. have no sweetness, you don't identify the fruit. So when you have a, so you're sitting there with a completely dry cider that needs to be kind of built back up in its complexity. You can put sugar in it, you can put honey in it, you can put anything. So cherry concentrate is an excellent choice because it's very sweet, but it also has you know, a lot of acid. And um, we just back sweetened with cherry concentrate and that's, it doesn't add a ton of cherry. It has a nice- I might point out it yields an excellent color also. <laughs> it does. Kind of that lush, deep it, pink sort of thing. Yeah, so it, we, it is. We're, we're a bunch of big guys sitting around drinking some nice. Well, we've toyed pink. with using real cherry juice and or frozen cherries, and and we might, but we think we've hit on a nice formula here. So, well, if you guys like it, then then I'm we sold. may not. Yeah, <laughs> I think I think you guys nailed it pretty pretty solid here. Uh, because there's been others that, you know, cherry, cherry gets added to a lot of different things. And like I said, man, it, it turns to where it just completely just swamps your whole mouth with just slimy cherry. And this is not at all. This makes you want to drink more. Well, that's a good you. point. <laughs> that's a good way to... Mm-hmm. Good thing, that, that's good our thing intent. <laughs> but uh, other flavors, uh, you know, I think summertime... If, there, there's a couple watermelon ciders out there that I think are too sweet. That, that there's ways to do it that could be really, really good. Uh, hop ciders, I think it's something with uh, all the different varieties of hops. Yeah, I think this is probably a good point in this conversation to talk a little bit about 
how we see the categories of ciders. Yeah, I, absolutely. Um, you know, y- y- we were talking about sort of fruit-flavored ciders with fruits other than apples, and that's a very common trend in the cider market today. And and we're all f- all for that. Obviously, we have this you know cherry cider, but I I I just want to emphasize that, that we. Are, are making a conscious um, sort of differentiation between the, the ciders that we make and um, the cherry red cider is part of our um, Fresca series. Cider Fresca. And that's a series of ciders that we are kind of like open up the, opening up the boundaries to do sort of whatever we think is cool and interesting that people want to do and that could include um, you know different other fruits or hop ciders the, what, what about the one the one thing that concerns us is that cider is you know we feel cider stands on its own and it's apple it's apple cider it um we don't want to Boone's Pharmify. <laughs> yeah, but we're also in an environment where we got to see something new every time we walk into a town. No, you know, right. we don't feel that apple wine needs to be doctored with fruit or all kinds of stuff. And on the other hand, we do recognize that apple cider does accept other fruits in a friendly way, like cherry or raspberry, or even hops, but you know we want to we want to segregate those products in a way that recognizes their strengths. But we also want people to understand, especially down here in Houston, where you know cider is not a tradition. That apple cider can be very complex, and it can be very different based on the different apples that go into it. So that's one of our big challenges, not only. Uh, from a marketing standpoint, but an education standpoint and production standpoint. Well, I definitely see that as, I mean, as a challenge, you know, but one that you guys are definitely up for because you're already making good product. But, uh, you know, that the, I think over the first year, I think you, know, you might be pleasantly surprised at how many people will be there drinking the just regular apple cider. That the, They don't need the fruited ciders. That's, that's our oh, hope. Yeah, that's that, that's our goal. Um, yeah. But then when we do do the fruit ciders or the hop cider, like you just mentioned, and I, I thank you about the, your cherry red comments, you know, a hop cider, it should not take away the apple cider. It should be like a little, you know, a, a, another added, a, another flavor that comes in and complements it. What, what about... Like open fermentation ciders. Uh, what, what about wild ciders? That's, Is all, that, we're, that's all we're doing right now, ciders. isn't it? <laughs> yeah, you know, what uh, we love wild ciders. Um, in, in fact, Patrick talked about the things we're doing in, in, in New York, and we have a small facility there. Um, and we intend to do a lot of uh, ambient yeast wild fermentations there. Um, we believe in, you know, orchard-based cider, which is a term used in the cider industry. We fully believe that we want the terroir of where the apples are from and the, the you know, the nature of where they're 
grown to come through in the ciders and I think that yes I think that um, wild fermentations are a big part of that and we absolutely are embracing that uh, concept well you know as 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 all the beer fans out there you know that when you make when you're making beer you start out with a sterile wart but as cider makers we don't we don't no way those apples come in, they're pressed, and they have a lot of yeast on their skins and in the fruit, or even on the presses. So we actually try to arrest the, the or kill the, the, you know, the, 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 the fauna uh, that's on the juice. But if we don't, it just nature, nature, nature takes nature over. Nature does what it does. It does. And nature makes alcohol. And a lot I of love, times, yeah, it's an nature. amazing, it's an amazing yeah. result. Sometimes not so much. I mean, some of the most prized <laughs> beers in the world would fall under a kind of a lambic tradition. That it's that general exactly. idea of where it's you know you get the terroir, you get that farmhouse, you get what yeah. has happened in that particular region, and what yeast and what strains Absolutely. and what bacterium, et cetera, and so on that are all in that particular region yeah. that yeah. produce that. And it makes something that's, you know, identifiably there and Very nowhere unique. else. And we, uh, we fully embrace that concept. We're trying to balance that with, you know, commercial needs. Well, but that's, yeah. why we, that's why we think we can have the freedom to do that by sort of differentiating the, the Fresca series from Apple Tree series from what he mentioned earlier, Orchard Blends, which are more unique. And well, I mean, yeah, pulling yeah, an yeah. old world tradition into a modern yes. market. Exactly. exactly. Satisfy the masses while at the same time entertaining all the, the people that were looking for something yeah. very new, something specific, yeah. and something different. Yeah, and entertaining yeah. me. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> entertaining us. Well, and just shipping the juice from uh, New York to Houston, it adds three days, and you'd be surprised what three days can do <laughs> to apple juice. Especially yeah. the time of year, I would imagine. It depends, yeah. 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 All right, let's take a quick break. We get back, we'll talk more ciders with City Orchard, and then we're going to talk some beer lines as well, and the importance of having beer lines, especially... And cider lines. And cider lines, because... Uh, <laughs> cleaner is more gooder. Let's cleaner, <laughs> cleaner is gooder. Cleaner is gooder. <laughs> Like my mom always said. <laughs> this is Ring of Ages. We'll be right back. Houston's fastest growing craft breweries. From the highly sought after hazy IPAs to its year round core beers, Boomtown Blonde, Honey Hole, Pop Gusher, 5% Tint, and Houston Haze. Available at retailers all around Houston and surrounding areas. Stop by one of the nicest air conditioned tap rooms in Houston, Thursday through Sunday, conveniently located eight miles north of downtown off 59 in Little York. Come hungry and try some of our award winning barbecue and wood fire pizza from Texas. Go visit our website at spindletop.com and give us a like on Facebook. All right, if you guys need anything like some shirts, some merch, some stickers, 
uh, from koozies to any of that stuff, whether you're a brewery, a distillery, or you, know, you just have a business you want to get started and get your brand out there, man, you need to talk to my buddy Rodney Campbell over at Cask Branding. He can take care of you with your glassware. Your, I mean, like I said, he makes all of our shirts here at Drink of Ages. He does a lot of stuff for a lot of people around Houston. So reach out for CaskBranding.com, Rodney Campbell, and tell him that you heard on Drink of Ages, and, man, he'll take care of you. Uh, this is Drink of Ages Radio Show here on ESPN 97.5. Uh, well, thank everybody for tuning in. Hope everybody's having a good night out there. John Dimmon, DJ Muskratch, and we've been hanging out with City Orchard. So, Patrick and Matt from City Orchard, and then Quality Drive, Mark and James hanging out. It's just, it's just really interesting. I think, I think ciders have been kind of like the sleeping giant for a little while now, right? Uh, I think it's something that, especially down here in the south, that uh, I think it's going to be something that you're going to see this market grow more than any other market. I, yeah, I mean, and I'm sure you're hoping it, that. It, it, well, so, well, yes, we're definitely hoping that, and, and if. What ends up happening in Texas sort of follows what's happened in the Northeast and the Northwest, and yeah, that could definitely be true. And especially since it, I just think this this climate is just so more suited to cider than the Northeast, and cider is really taking off in the Northeast. Yeah, and you know, I go, I go, I'm from Michigan, and I go back home uh, for Christmas, and. The grocery stores have a cider, you know, aisle, and uh, you know that's our that's our goal here. You know, is to have more awareness and uh, appreciation of this of this really quite old and established uh, drink. I mean, before you know, during the time of the American Revolution, this was this is what people drank in, in the pubs, not beer. You know, until the German immigrants came, it was all cider. Sure. Well, I think it's going to be interesting to see what flavors ultimately pan out in your tap room. Well, like, like what what are the taste buds of Houston? Like, what what are they looking for? And I know that you know, talking with, with Mark and James, uh, you know, some of the different ideas of ciders. You know, different different things to to, to come up, keep it. You know, just test them out. And Mark, you had a good one. Yeah, well, you yeah, know, Mark, let's qual- hear your quality, idea. quality draft or draught, how they spell it. <laughs> we, you know, we've hired them because, you know, we heard they were the best in town and we think they are. And uh, not only do they are putting in our draft system, but they're they're making a lot of recommendations <laughs> for a cider type. So, Mark, uh, I want to <laughs> take it away. Oh, uh, well, we have uh, made quite a few. Um, <laughs> I would only imagine. Yeah. One, I, I think Mark would say it was he needs bigger glasses. <laughs> B- bigger glasses are fun, but uh, you know we've we actually we've talked uh, quite a bit about doing some outside the box and points of point of difference uh, applications with cider. You know one you know and one in particular was doing a still cider, a completely uncarbonated one, just served still, kind of like you would a white wine. Uh, another one would be actually infusing nitrogen into the body and giving it that uh, texture and creaminess like you would with a um, nitro ale. 
which I think would be absolutely wonderful. Um, trying some movable yeast. Uh, I actually uh, had the <laughs> made the suggestion to do uh, what, what I would call a trapel, uh, <laughs> which would be uh, apple cider, uh, Belgian candy sugar, and uh, Abbey Ale yeast. Uh, <laughs> Doing an apple version of the Belgian tripel, which um, we will do. I think. <laughs> yeah. That was uh, whenever which I came by. Uh, they're like, "Would you like to try Jackson, some cider?" That's, try, huh? that's done. You're enough to, do to try. <laughs> I think that and, is a uh, very interesting idea. Most, uh, you know, uh, also uh, I'd be quite interested in seeing how uh, certain uh, lighter, more like breakfast fruitier blends of of coffee might actually infuse with cider. Mm. And I know I just dropped a bombshell on you because <laughs> yes, we I, have not yeah. even discussed this. Uh, you're, you're taking me off guard here. Yeah, <laughs> you know. Well, I think, I think what we, we could do is uh, get the semi-dry, put a little shot of that Spindle Tap cold brew in there, just kind of get a little flavor profile of what it's going Because this actually is a good little fruity profile of the, the cold brew that we have right now. Yeah. Well, when we were talking tap lines, so we can talk about tap lines. You know, we have a, you know, carbon dioxide pushes the cider, and uh, we may use nitrogen for our still ciders, which we will have, of course. And I was like, Mark, you know, what's this, like, nitrogen carbon dioxide blend? Well, you don't need that unless you're doing stouts. And then you had this amazing stout suggestion which was apple based. Mm-hmm. Remember that? I do. The chocolate. <laughs> oh yeah. Apple. What was that? Um, yeah. Well, actually, yeah. Pretty much what he said. A, uh, you know, a uh, chocolate covered apple, or a, or a, with a hint of caramel, you know, in the body, doing a uh, nice nitrogenated, you know, uh, deep, rich dessert, mm-hmm. kind of like you would a dessert wine, similar to like a, um, maybe like a sauterne. Or something like that. Wow. Where it's, okay. you know, but something very <laughs> complex with like like deep chocolate notes and nitrogenation, like settling in your glass like as, a, as a dessert cider. We barely even talked to any beer lines or well, cider lines. I know. Everybody knows us. We have a reputation that precedes us, right? <laughs> Wait, Quality what? draft. We do? The name's, <laughs> the name's there for a reason. No, when, well, they, when they first came to our place, they said, this is great because you haven't screwed anything up yet. So we can come in. We don't have to fix it. Whenever, He's not exaggerating. Whenever I took over the spot, you, you hear a drink of ages used to be growlers. And I was like, yeah, man, I, I like the spot. It's a good location. Every beer I poured, I had to pour half of it out just because of foam. And I'm like, Mark, I need your help. He came over and he's like, yeah, I told him it was all wrong. <laughs> And the funny thing is, this was years ago. It was like four oh, years yeah. ago. James just happened to walk in, and Mark's like, hey, James, what's wrong with this? He goes, oh, I'll tell you exactly what's wrong with this. And <laughs> it was an easy Where fix. So Your system is backwards. Yes, system is backwards. So we. Um, I, I knew the answer when I asked. <laughs> he, he didn't know the answer. It was just, it was a, it was a test. Uh, if, you, if you have a bar or a brewery or anything, you have tap lines running through, man. Contact Mark and James over here at Quality Draft and let, let them come out there, at least give you a quote and talk to you about what they're going to do first. We'll high five you too. Fucking five. <laughs>
And then, uh, man, just really looking forward to to you guys opening up, man, the cider because it's it's uh, City Orchard. It's a beautiful spot you guys have. Very cool thing. I saw the food truck, the food trailer you're gonna have out there, so you'll be able to get some really good food, really good ciders, and it's all just right here, essentially located in Houston. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, thank you yeah, very we're much. We're excited. Yeah, appreciate it. We're very excited. All right, I want to thank everybody for listening to this show. Uh, this week's episode of Drink of Ages Radio Show, you can listen to any old show by going to iTunes, SoundCloud, drinkofages.com, sponsored by No Label Brewing Company, and everybody be safe out there. Go Rockets and go Texans. Talk to everybody next week.